Praise the Lord, everybody. God is good. Praise God. Do you love him today? Has he kept you? Let's stand. I'm amazed that this many people are in church this morning. I commend you for being in the house of God. I tell you, I don't know a better place to be on the last Sunday of the year than right in the house of God. And I know many of you are watching online this morning. Can we speak the blessing of God over you? Some of you are traveling. Some of you are in other cities. But we speak the blessing of God over you and your family. And I ask you all to pray for um, my nephew. He is 55 years old. He is in the hospital on the ventilator. And um, we're believing God for a supernatural miracle for him. Can you say amen? amen. Say this with me, Lord. We thank you for healing Lyndon Babin in Jesus' name. Can you praise the Lord like he's already healed? Amen. God is good. You know what? Go ahead and be seated. I'm going to do something a little bit different right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to follow the Holy Spirit today. And uh, this is totally off the, the agenda, but I feel like I need to do what the Lord is telling me right now to do. Um, this will be a spiritual moment, so I pray that he that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord would say to the church. As I was in prayer this morning, I began to recognize how many sermons that I've preached in this building to, to you all this year. And it's somewhere between 70 and 80 messages. And I begin to ask God, and there's, there's 52 weeks in a year, I begin to ask God, how many of those messages stuck? You know, how many of them will bring forth fruit? And the Lord spoke back to me and said, a lot of people know my word, some people know my voice. Um, Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, John chapter 6. The reason why that is important, important is a proceeding word is a word of projection. It's a word of launching. Uh, God did not finish talking when Revelation was written and closed. He still speaks. He speaks to us personally. So the question is not, do you know his word, but do you know his voice? Um, that's the first thing that I heard in prayer this morning. The second thing I heard in prayer, and I know this is a very unusual, unorthodox introduction, but I must do what I feel the Spirit of the Lord telling me to do. The next thing I heard in prayer was Ezekiel chapter 1. Um, the four faces of Jesus mentioned in Ezekiel chapter 1. And then Ezekiel began to prophesy that there would be a wheel in the middle of a wheel. Theologians will tell you that that wheel looked more like a gyroscope, meaning it can go all directions at one time. Um, while I was meditating upon that, I felt the Spirit of the Lord speak to me and say that there are things that have been rotating there are things that have been reoccurring, but more than anything, things that have been revolving in your life that is not of God that will be stopped. And I heard God say anything that is revolving is evolving. 
And because he's the wheel in the middle of the wheel, cycles come through patterns. And there's some cycles in many of your lives that you've been praying about for years. That it would stop, that it would end. And I heard God say that this is the year that that cycle ends. Including... In, including propensities, tendencies, including propensities, tendencies, diseases, and health issues. So if you will lift your hands right now, I'm believing God right now that those cycles that have been revolving and evolving in your life stop, cease, and come down in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you right now that you are the God that delivers. And I thank you, Lord, that even now, these cycles that are unhealthy, emotionally, spiritually, physically, that these things are stopping right now in Jesus' name. Now, let's give God a praise and let me, let me just continue with my thought. Then, as I continue to pray in the Holy Ghost, I heard the Lord speak to me and say these words. My people misunderstand my covenant. And when you misunderstand his covenant, you misappropriate his covenant. So what does that mean? Uh, when you misappropriate covenant, you begin thinking thoughts like this. If I'm in a covenant with God, then I have leeway, denoting the idea that there are some things that are negotiable. There are things that we can talk about because he and I are in covenant. And God spoke clearly to me to go back to Genesis chapter 6 and find the first time the word covenant was used. And it's God speaking to Noah. And, he, and God says, I will establish my covenant. Say those two words, my covenant. my covenant. He said, I will establish my covenant. The second time the word is mentioned is when Noah comes out of the ark in chapter 9. And God tells him again, I will establish my covenant. When you get to Genesis chapter 17, are y'all with me? This is very important. When you get to Genesis chapter 17, you find God now speaking to a man who's gone through the prophetic transition of identity. He was Abram, now he is Abraham. And for 16 times in chapter 17, God speaks to not Abram, but to Abraham, the father of many nations. These words, it is my covenant. It is my covenant. So God spoke to me and said, I establish the covenant. All you do is enter the covenant. Are y'all with me? So you don't get to sign on with God. You enter his covenant. And 16 times in chapter 17, he says, I will. Did you hear that? All you do is prescribe to the covenant. God performs the covenant. So in prayer, I begin to realize that in 2022, and we're going to get real uh, prophetic and spiritual on Wednesday night about 2022. 
I told Josh this this morning. It takes one to establish a covenant. It takes two for that covenant to be activated. Tell your neighbor, sign up. Yeah, tell your other neighbor, they, they didn't hear you. Look at somebody else and tell them, sign up. That's, that's really all you have to do is just sign up and be obedient. God is that good that he says you're not going to have to perform anything to make this. Just sign up and be obedient. And if you'll be obedient, I'll make you the head and not the tail. You'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. You'll be blessed when you come and you'll be, you'll be blessed when you're going. Somebody ought to give him praise right there. That's a good God. It's his covenant. Shout it again. Sign up. Sign up. Amen. So I'll just leave that there and I'll go ahead and I'm not going to preach or teach long this morning. I know you have family in town and you want to get back to that ham you didn't finish yesterday. So I'm going to go to Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and uh, every year at some point in December I will allude to this particular teaching or, or message because I think it's important every year. Now if you know me at all you probably never have heard me preach the same sermon twice. And the reason for that is, is I believe God gives us fresh manna, Pat. I believe, I believe every day God gives us fresh word. If we want it, it's there. But then there are things that I think need to be rehearsed. God told Moses to rehearse certain things in the ears of Joshua. And so this morning, I'm going to do a rehearsal with you. The rehearsal is for the purpose of reminding you. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 8. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. And the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. That'll preach by itself. Be not hasty in your spirit to be angry, for anger rests in the bosom of fools. Say thou not, what is the cause that the former days were better than these? Boy, you better hear this here. For you do not inquire wisely concerning this or concerning God's timing. The Message Bible renders that verse like this or those verses like this. Endings are better than beginnings. Sticking to it is better than standing out. Don't be quick to fly off the handle. Why? Because anger boomerangs. You can spot a fool by the lumps on his head. <coughs> Don't always be asking, where are the good old days? I'm going to read that one more time. Stop asking where are the good old days? Wise folks don't ask questions like that. There's your scripture. I'm going to preach a message this morning entitled, We Out of Here. I'm just kidding you. I just thought I'd say that. Tell someone next to you, this message is called, this is my closeout. Just say that. This is my closeout. This is my closeout. 
I read this this morning. A beginning and an ending suggest the existence of a journey. Remove either and you've lost all three. I'm going to read that one more time because it's powerful. A beginning and an ending suggest the existence of a journey. Remove either and you've lost all three. Life is a journey. Life is a journey. The end of a year for me is always a time to reflect and then recharge. It's a time to reflect and then recharge. When I was thinking about year end, I thought of these things this morning. It's important for you to fully recognize everything that has taken place that left an impact on your life. I also realize that it is important that what you must ask yourself, what did you learn from every pivotal experience of 2021? I wrote this down. If this year was a movie of your life, what would it be? A suspense? A drama? For some of y'all, it's a comedy. Is it a sci-fi movie? What did this last year look like? Then ask this question. What am I grateful for in 2021 what am I grateful for in 2021 what was your greatest disappointment what was missing in your life in 2021 and then finally what would you say to God right now about 2021 what would you say to God right now about 2021 when I asked myself that question this morning, my immediate reaction and response was Romans 8.28. That we know that all things work together for the good of those that love God and are the called according to his purpose. Every event in your life is either God sent or God used. If God did not send it, he's going to still use it. Because you are called according to his purpose. Somebody shout hallelujah right there. Amen. See, there's a trick to the graceful exit. It begins with the vision to recognize when a stage of life is over or a season is over and then let it go. Today, you're going to walk out of this building and for many of you, you're going to walk out of a year that was very confusing, very disheartening, very disappointing. See, the graceful exit means leaving what's over without denying its validity or its importance in your life. A graceful exit involves a sense of future, a belief that every exit line, for every exit line, there's an entry, that we are moving up, not just moving out. Y'all not hear me talk to you. You're moving up, not just moving out. So to many of you, your rebuttal processes are now activated. And you're saying to yourself, why is the end of a year so important? Why would you emphasize a year ending 
and another year beginning. Well, I'll allow you to talk to God about that because it is God that gives us a calendar. It is God that gives us seasons. It is God that gives us times. It's God that gives us terms. It's God that gives us durations. It's God that gives us phases. It's God, I think I said it already, that gives us seasons in life. They come and they go. As long as the earth remains, there's going to be seed time and harvest. There's going to be beginning and endings. There's going to be summer and winter. There's going to be cold and heat. I'm not sure it'll ever get cold here again, but they're supposed to be cold and heat. We're going to work on three words, and you'll forgive my voice, and, and uh, I'm a little stuffy this morning. River and I both had about one hour of sleep last night. When I would cough, I woke him up. When he coughed, he woke me up. So we had the coughing battle last night. But I'm here, and everything's good. Three words. Are you ready? Number one, conclusion. What is a conclusion? It's to bring something to an end. More than that, it's to, it is to make a decision. A conclusion is to make a decision or to bring about a result. To be conclusive is to put an end to debate and questioning. When I saw that again this morning, the Lord reminded me that and here's the way God spoke to me. My people must stop being double-minded because a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. It's time for us to bring conviction back to our life. I encourage you, stop negotiating at the table of compromise. Know the difference in right and wrong. Be conclusive about your convictions. Quit compromising and changing and one day you would never and then the next day you might. Be conclusive. Isaiah 46, 9 says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. I declare the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done. My, here's the conclusion, y'all. My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. See, God is a God that knows how to write beautiful conclusions. Isn't that a great thing? Conclusions are often the most difficult part of an essay to write. Your conclusion is your chance to have the last word on the subject. You've got a week to write a beautiful conclusion of 2021. And let me encourage you, do not carry the confusion into your conclusion. You write it and you write it good. Can you say amen to that? It allows you the opportunity to have the final say. It's your opportunity to make a good final impression and to end on a positive note. Your conclusion should make your readers glad that they read your paper. People have seen you up and down this year, crying, messed up. Let them see you leave 2021 with a dance in your step and a praise in your voice. Be a witness for God and his goodness. Come on in this building. Let somebody know that even though I've lost some things, even though I've been through seasons of disappointments, I'm going to dance my way right out of this chapter and right into the next chapter. 
Shout it with me, my best is yet to come. God is good. Second word I'll leave you with this morning. Number one is conclusion. Second word is complete. As you close out this year, everything in your life may not be complete, but you must close out complete. You missed that right there. Everything in your life may not be complete, but you must be complete. Complete means having every necessary or normal part or component in step. Complete means brought to wholeness. Boy, that's an important word. Wholeness. You know what I decree and declare over your life? You're leaving 2021 as a whole person. What does that mean? That means without fragmentation. That means you're not broken to pieces, just pulling pieces of your life over into the next year. There's something powerful about Jesus speaking to desperate people. He tells them, be whole. Not just be healed, but be whole. A lot of people want healing, but wholeness takes responsibility. Healing gives you temporary satisfaction. I'm asking you, don't just pray for healing, pray for wholeness. God, let me leave this year with everything intact inside of me. Wholeness is when everything on the inside matches everything on the outside. It's called integrity. It's integer. It's living a whole life, not a life broken to pieces. Hallelujah. Not that I have already obtained all this, Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Jesus took hold of me. I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forget what is behind and I strain toward what is ahead. I press. Somebody say those words, I press. Say it again, I press. I'm going to get a church in this building in just a minute. Say it again, I press. See, some of you are going to have to press your way out of this year and into next year. He said, I press toward the goal. To win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now watch what he says. All of us, all of us who are mature. The same word is complete. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. Maturity is the ability to forgive and forget. Oh Lord. Maturity is the ability to forgive people that have wronged you this year. Don't carry your bitterness from a previous relationship over into 2022. Leave this year better, not bitter. Amen? Maturity is the strength to press on. Maturity is the ability to be comfortable with people who are not like you. Grow up. You don't always get it your way. Everybody in this building is just not just like you. This is what we call a body. And the body has many members. And every member is a member in particular. So that the eye cannot say to the hand, I do not need you. The hand cannot say to the foot, I do not need you. We all need each other. We don't all dress alike. We don't all look alike. Thank God. Diversity embraces unity achieved. 
Unity achieved is power released. Power released is people changed. People changed is a world reached. Embrace diversity. Talk back to me. Embrace people that are not just like you. Be mature. Grow up. Well, I don't like that. Well, get over it. One of the marks of spiritual maturity is the quiet confidence that God is always in control without the need to understand why he does what he does. First word, conclusion. Say it. Second word, complete. Say it. And finally, the third word, and then you can get home to your hound. Closure. Closure. It's time to bring closure to some things, people, in your life. Do a proper inventory this week and decide what is staying and what is going. Look at your life and decide what you're taking with you and what you're leaving behind. Let me give you some help. Quit trying to force what does not fit. You have been wondering why the one you've been attracted to has been your greatest annoyance. Because you chose according to attraction and not direction. It's not what they look like. It's what they're looking at. Attraction has gotten a lot of people in trouble. Find out where they're going. A shut door can be as much of a blessing as an open door. I'm going to get on this shut door for just a minute. If I had strength, I'd preach to paint off the walls in this building this morning. Because I, I, I'm going to tell y'all, some of y'all, y'all ever heard this, you need to lock the door and... Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. You need to lock the door on some situations and some people and throw away the key. I'll make it more contemporary for you. You need to get on that Facebook and delete some people. I ain't done. I'm going to thank God this morning for a block button. Delete them and block them. Thus saith Pastor Rick. (laughs) Doors in scripture are very important. You remember God speaking in the beginning. He said sin is crouching where? At the door. Because doors represent portals and passages. A door represents what you permit and what you remit. A door represents what you allow and disallow. See, some of you have not been handling your doors just right. The Bible says in 2 Kings chapter 4, Lord, I wish I had some strength. 
Elisha says to his servant, go find out what this woman who has been so kind to us needs. It never says he went and did it. He just came back and told Elisha, she don't have a child. And then Elisha said, you go back and tell her, by this time, by this time next season, she'll have a baby. You know what the Bible says about that woman? She ran and stood where? In the door. What's in the bottom of a door? A threshold. Thresholds always represents, represent intensity. In sound, there's a compressor limiter. And when sound begins to cross the threshold, the compressor limiter kicks in to level out sound. In flight, at the end of a runway, there's what is called a threshold. When you are beginning to lift, you have to go through the what? Threshold. That's when you feel that plane shaking. When you begin to land, you have to pass through the, and you feel the plane shaking. Some of you have been feeling things shaking in your life. But I came by to tell you it just means you are in a good place. You are right on the threshold, which means you're either about to go to another place or you're about to land in the place that God has preordained you to enjoy. I wish somebody had the Holy Ghost in this building. Woo, Lord have mercy. Doors in scripture, so she ran to the door. <laughs> then when that baby dies, she goes to her husband and tells her husband what happened. She did protocol. She went to headship. And the husband said, there ain't nothing I can do. Bring the baby and put him on your knee. Y'all know the story. She said, don't even worry about it, husband. Because everything's going to be, read your Bible. Everything's going to, read your Bible. Everything is going to be all right. And she went back to the source that gave her the word. And she told him, come with me. And the prophet said, I'll send my servant with you. And she said, I don't need a servant. The servant didn't give the word. You gave the word. Don't send your staff. Don't send your servant. You spoke it. You come back to the house with me. Watch what the Bible says. When he got there, they went in the room where the baby was. And the Bible says the prophet looked at them and said, shut the door. Because there's some things that will never live until you learn to shut the door on things that will always have maybes, maybe not, it might, it might not. I came by to tell you, shut the dead gum door. Shut the door and get in there and lay on your promise till your promise begins to sneeze, till your promise begins to breathe. Woo. You know where we are right now? We are at the door of 2022. And I don't know about y'all, but everything that can be shaken has been shaken. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? But God is about to open a door. Let me finish this. Jesus said, when you pray, get in your closet and shut the door. Hmm. Somebody say it again. Close the door. Hmm. This just came to me. 
Y'all remember me preaching to y'all about Jehu and Jezebel? How did Jehu get that anointing? Somebody said it. He had to get in that little room and he had to close the door. <coughs> and when he closed the door, there was an anointing released to him. There's some anointings you're never going to receive until you learn to close the door. There's some anointings that come in isolation. Now, I didn't say loneliness. I said isolation. In a debate, closure is called terminating the debate. Terminate the debate you've been having about your destiny, about this, and terminate it today in Jesus' name. Now, when one door closes, are y'all with me? One door, when one door closes, what happens? Another door opens. But we often long so long and so regretfully upon the closed door that we do not see the one which has been opened to us. If you're going to close the door on certain situations that brought pain in your life, don't sit there and cry next to the door. Preach on, Pastor Rick. We close the door on stuff that we know when you're supposed to be messing with, and then we sit there and I wish it, I wish I wouldn't have cut you off. Learn the art of saying bye. Goodbye. River, I got him on my mind. He's sick all night. And River, first word he learned is bye. That's Jovan. Not dad, dad, not mama. Bye. I go to the door when I'm leaving. I tell him, bye, River. And he does this here. Bye. I'm so glad about that. I wish I would have learned that lesson when I was that young. I've always had a hard time telling people, bye. Matter of fact, let's practice. Look at somebody next to you and just tell them bye, bye. Now, you ain't really talking to them, but just practice. Some of y'all are so bored this morning, you should have stayed home. This is a better word than you acting like. Some of y'all scratching and yawning. I'm giving you word. Boy, y'all bored as can be. Go home. Go home. Scratch, stretch, stretch on your couch. Not in church. Say it again, bye. bye. Close the door on it, y'all. Close the door. Now watch this. To the angel of the church of Philadelphia write these things. Saith he that is holy, he that is true, and he that has the key of David. He that opens and no man shuts. And he that shuts and no man opens. I know your works. And here's what the Holy Ghost is saying to this church today. Behold, I have set before you an open door. And no man can shut it. Powerful. Paul told the church at Corinth, for a great door, an effectual door is open to me. And guess what? There are many adversaries. Open doors does not mean no opponents. 
Open doors does not mean ease. Open doors means there's going to be adversaries to tell you you can't have it. You can't enjoy it. You'll never be there. Stand on your feet right now and shout, I'm going through that door in Jesus' name. Say it again, I'm going through that door in Jesus' name. Say it again, I'm going through that door in Jesus' name. Now here's what I prophesy to you. There's going to be open doors of relationships, open doors of resources, open doors of revelation, open doors are coming to your life in 2022. But before an open door will be presented to you, you've got to close the doors in your life that have been distractions to you, disappointments to you, discouraging you, detouring your destiny. What are you saying, Pastor Rick? Break the soul tie of that woman you've been having an affair with. Boy, 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 it's going to get tight now. Quit committing adultery. Quit getting soul tied with people that are unholy and ungodly. How can two walk together except they be agreed? Quit playing with the devil. Pastor Rick, you coming like that? Yeah. Quit playing. The devil don't play. He, will he came to kill, steal, and destroy. And you think it's cute because you've been getting away with them inbox messages and them personal messages and them DMs. You think it's cute. But I'm here to tell you that thing will bind you up you will be shut down on every side. Boy, I'm telling you, you get after a soul tie, people start getting tight on you. I came by to tell you, shut the door on that joker. If he wanted you, he would have married you already. He playing you, playing you like a drum. Quit messing around with that stuff. Quit playing. Hallelujah. Boy, if I'd have had the strength today, we would have had some church up in here. God is good, isn't he? Everyone say this with me. Conclusion. Complete. Closure. Conclusion. Complete. Closure. Lift those hands. Pray after me. Dear Lord, I ask you to forgive me for not closing doors on stuff and people that have been a distraction and have caused detours in my life. Today, I close the door on every voice, on every distraction, on every relationship that is detrimental to my destiny. And now, God, I posture myself with expectation and faith and excitement and enthusiasm for the door you're opening for me in 2020. God, I cannot wait to cross the threshold of 2022 to see everything that you are preordained for me to enjoy. In the name of Jesus, give God praise one more time, saints. Let's show him some love today.